Yesterday, we saw a glimpse of the future, an entirely new way to interact with technology. Apple is calling it spatial computing. They're saying that the new Vision Pro headset is going to forever change the way that you work, play, watch content, interact with people, and they're probably right, eventually. For now, though, it is an interesting first-generation device with a price tag that does not really lend itself to mass adoption. But whatever you think about this current iteration of Vision Pro, know that it's going to get cheaper, lighter, faster, all the things. It is a major priority for Apple. They've been working on it for seven years now. So like it or not, the chances are that you are going to be using some form of spatial computing in your lifetime. I think we just witnessed one of those moments in time that defines a new era. Kind of like when the iPhone made mobile computing a thing. Whenever there's a shift in human behavior, there is a huge opportunity for investors. And today on Dumb Money, what you need to know and our number one stock pick. And it's not Apple. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Strap on your headset. Look around for a like button somewhere. Give us a little gesture. Chris, Jordan, you know, I obviously loved yesterday's keynote. I'm admittedly uh, the world's biggest Apple fanboy. So I am so curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, within seconds of this thing ending yesterday, Chris called me. So we can we can start right there. At the time, you were still a little kind of conflicted trying to figure out. I gave you my thoughts. I want to hear what you what your initial reaction is. I, I feel like I'm still conflicted. I remember when the first iPhone came out in the amount of doubt that exists in the marketplace from all the world's experts, from all the world's financial analysts, right? There was just no way that this thing was going to succeed. I mean, the concept of not having a keyboard was absolutely ludicrous on your phone. Remember that? Like, it's just, it was a non-starter. We were in um, we were in the trio era where you had physical buttons that you could tap on. And what was the other one? The Blackberry. Blackberry, yeah. But, so everybody had that and couldn't even imagine full screen. I, I really feel like it's a moment that if you didn't live through it personally, you would never believe the amount of doubt um, and the little amount of faith that anybody had in Apple to pull off the iPhone. I mean, it was kind of like, it was almost like a joke at the time. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I can't believe that they're actually trying to do this. It's so stupid is what most people thought. In fact, for anyone that's read my book, Laughing at Wall Street, I have an entire chapter on that moment in time and how ridiculous it was and why Wall Street didn't see what was happening as it was happening. Now, this is a little and different. I think Wall Street was far behind Main Street on that. I think you remember Apple One, Apple Zero, uh, the very first one. There were lines. Everybody wanted it. it you couldn't get one. I, was, I waited in line on day two. I didn't get it day one, but I got it day two. Um, and that kind of changed my perspective on computing. I saw that as such a quantum leap in technology that at the time I was still a PC user. I was a I was very into the whole like being able to 
customize and do all of that. When I saw that interface, I realized I need to not only switch my phone, but I need to switch my entire life, switch to all Mac-based everything. And I and I have been ever since. Almost, it's similar to the Tesla moment of everybody that drove a Tesla in the first few years it was out, and they had a very different perspective on what Tesla would grow to become from people that simply hadn't experienced the product. And I feel like that's similar to that iPhone moment. The second I held it in my hand, Dave, was the second I knew this was going to be my biggest investment of the year. <laughs> and it ended up being... Very few people have ever been able to actually put this headset on. We've seen demonstrations. We've seen... Um, so I was searching YouTube this morning, trying to find people who have actually used it. And there, there is a hands-on demonstration at Apple Park. Uh, MKBHD uh, used it. He said that the eye-tracking technology... Does, he doesn't like to use the word magic. That's a that's a Apple marketing word. But he <laughs> said that the eye tracking literally feels like magic. It is so precise as you look around. It's highlighting what you want. And the gestures, doing this, not having to like hold a controller and make big dramatic motions. You can just... You can just do this, and you're making selections, just looking and selecting. Yeah, it's what I've re I've found one person that's um, that's been able to use it in a very limited capacity, by the way. But they said it was incredible. Just the experience was totally incredible. That and the fact that the the the, the actual pixels when they when they said there in their keynote that the uh, iPhone Pixel basically they've crammed 64 pixels per iPhone Pixel for these postage stamp sized screens that are going to be on your eyeballs. I, I don't know where version two of this is going to go, but I absolutely am buying version one. And Chris, you and I were talking about this. You're on the fence. And I want to know, Jordan, are you, are you buying one? Oh no, 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 I will never, I, I will never buy anything. You <laughs> are. No, I mean, as, look, here's the thing. So when I was watching the demonstration and there was the lady just walking around by herself in her apartment, like, I was just so sad. Like, she didn't have anybody to hang out with. And then I was, you know, I was kind of going over this. Our girls are out swimming, and I'm talking to my wife, and we're just all hanging out. And I'm like, I just like the real world. The real world is so great. I get to interact with all the people that I love. And, you know, I mean, I, it's like, it would be really good. Like, if we didn't have to buy, like, four of them, right? So that would be insane. Yeah. And then we're all just, like, walking around with, like, weird fake eyes. That's the other side of the story, guys. I mean, that's why I'm so conflicted because I totally see Jordan's side, and I think most of us, older millennial, Gen X, and above are just completely horrified by how this would impact our lifestyle, and it's just like, no. I, I've heard so many people just be like, no, I'm stopping here. I won't go down that road. That said, if you think about the future, right, and like younger people, like it's inevitable. Spatial computing is such a massive behavioral change that people are going to resist it because it's scary and it's not what they've been doing their whole life. But at a certain point, spatial computing becomes inevitable. OK, so whether or not it's the Apple device that wins it next year or five years or 10 years down the road or something else, you can't say that we're not going eventually migrating almost completely to some form of spatial computing, in my head, that's a fact. That's unstoppable. That's happening. So the only question is, did Apple yesterday identify themselves as the leader in that space, even if it takes 10 to 15 years? And by the way, 
10 to 15 years goes quicker than you might think, right? And you don't have opportunities to really invest in the next big mega cycle that often in the market leader. And I think what Apple's doing is really bold because they're going to get a lot of flack for it. And there are going to be a lot of people like Jordan, even myself, they're like, I just don't know if I want to. Just because I'm not going to consume it in my family doesn't mean that I don't think it's incredible. I think it's incredible what they've pulled off. I don't think that this first generation is a mass consumer product, though. I think it is a specialized product for rich people, people who buy all the toys, people who have some specific use case. Like, I, I literally think watching a movie on it sounds amazing, but I also have a home theater system that is yeah. also amazing. So I... You know, it's not like I need it, but I want it, right? I'm and I saw like the, the very first, uh, like I was I was watching and watching Twitter. I saw Casey Neistat tweeted that he would spend a million dollars to get it today, and that was I was that just got me thinking. Okay, what is the price point that I'd be happy with? Right? Is it a thousand? Is it two thousand? Like I me, a lot of thirty five hundred dollars makes sense. I had a lot of people on text chains that I'm in saying that they would buy one for the airplane and everyone's talking about the airplane use and that's such an obvious use case for me the use case that popped in my head and this might sound a little weird is not on the, the airplane obviously but whenever i'm getting ready for a trip there's like a multi-hour period when i'm just like packing and doing stuff and i kind of usually want to watch youtube or i want to do something right and i can't because i'm moving around my headset i'm packing like this would be perfect because i can do all the stuff while watch if I'm watching sports or a movie or whatever, like YouTube, I can do that on this device. And that is a stupid use case. It's only once in a while, but it's kind of blows my mind how that would work. Yeah, see, that's what stresses me out because I already like walk around listening to podcasts all the time. You know, I've got the ear things in and I'm listening to podcasts and it annoys Adrian so much because she doesn't know when she can talk to me or not. And so if I'm walking around with a headset, like it might be the last straw. Like I <laughs> it might be over at that point. But the eyes, the eyes are the tell. They can tell if you're an immersed experience. If you're actually walking around, you're clearly able to see. Yeah. And your eyes will be visible. That that I don't see anyone else copying that, at least at first. And I think that that is the kind of differentiator that almost makes this more normal. Even though it's right now a ski goggle format, and I know that at some point it's going to become less obtrusive in your lifestyle, but at at version one, the eyes I think is an amazing kind of way to bring some sort of like just well, Dave, and the FaceTime avatar is really interesting because one of the most unique perspectives I saw on this device yesterday was a girl on TikTok who broke down every technology innovation and how it's kind of changed us and the apps and companies that were born from it. And she had this thesis that I had never thought about before and it's wild. And it kind of, it kind of intersects with this new Apple device and the avatars they're creating for FaceTime. She thinks that the next big kind of like TikTok or media social sharing site or media site is going to be like TikTok, um, but it will be based on people's avatars, not based on actual humans. And I was like, it just hit me. And I was like, wow, like some AI version of people or some avatar version of humans that we're going to grow to accept at some point in the next decade, will this platform will be born where it's not. And she thought that people would look back on Gen Zers 
and millennials and how public we are with our actual human persona and think how weird is that, that you put your real self out there like that, where in the future, people won't do it with their real selves. It will be with some avatar or AI version of themselves on some new platform. And if you think like that, this Apple device and the way that it's building a 3D avatar for you just to communicate on FaceTime with your family, that, that's like the first step in getting really comfortable with some version of yourself, but not yourself being out there in the world. <laughs> so weird. It is, it's a weird place. The future is so weird. And I feel like we're already, we just saw a part of the future that we couldn't have predicted. I mean, we did predict everybody, the renders were so close on this thing, but seeing how they actually implemented it, seeing how it is an Apple device, the way it they've, they've just thought things through. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Dave, you see the comment flashing up, and this is what everyone's saying about it needs to be glass. Everyone's saying this. It needs to be glasses. It needs to be glasses. Now, I have two. there's two sides of the story. You can say, okay, if this was glasses, it'd be mass adopted and everybody would utilize this. And there's the other side of the story, which is you not only have Google Glass failed, right? You not only have, obviously, Oculus, which sold a ton, tens of millions, but no one actually uses them anymore in VR. Now, that's more the goggle. But we've seen failure after failure after failure in this space. And would would glasses make that big of a difference? Because I saw a review of, of augmented reality glasses that are for sale for $400 right now that are pretty spectacular with augmented reality. Nobody's buying them. Nobody knows what they are. So what no. I, I'm I think, I think the fact that this is now brought into the Apple ecosystem where you're just the stuff you do anyway, the stuff you're doing all the time on your phone is now going to be available in a headset. I still don't see walking around in public. I still don't see maybe maybe at a coffee shop where you're doing your work and you can just pull up a big screen and instead of pulling out a laptop you just bring out a wireless uh usb keyboard and it just lets you do your email with giant screens around you if you think about like the cost of the apple screens it makes this device seem cheap for people who buy those studio display xdrs for five grand six you don't buy those you understand and Unless your company's buying it or you're crazy rich, nobody's buying those. You just, you go get like a Samsung screen or something. I mean. Okay, but wouldn't your company then buy this for you if you were an editor or if you're doing something? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, look, if you can, if you can make your people more productive for 3,500 bucks for a, you know, creative company, then yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not out a use case for it. I'm just saying I personally won't buy it. They led with work with workplace yeah. use cases yesterday, mm -hmm. right? And that that is really key. And I do think for a lot of different use cases, people are going to adopt this in the workplace. Will integrate with keyboards and mice and um, trackpads and things like that. If you think about like the just the evolution of like, 
you used to have one small screen and now you have two screens and then you got a bigger screen. And this is just taking one step further where you can have unlimited screen real estate that you can virtually set up around you. Um, yeah, I, I'm not getting this version. I would get a future version. I do think this is an inevitability, spatial computing. I think Apple, uh, with you know seven plus years of development, has basically established themselves as the leader now in this space, which is quite amazing when you realize what they've done in other spaces. Like that means that the next decade is going to be a journey that Apple is going to lead us into every year right with their improvements on this device at some point i think it becomes glasses within a decade right dave a decade i think they're going to iterate this yearly i kind of see this as being an every other year product almost or every third year product where kind of like the mac pro the the big expensive one which they just announced a brand new m2 version finally is coming out but i kind of see it as at least in its early days pre-mass adoption Pre everyday consumer, I don't see this as an every year product. Well, well I see the reception is right. It depends on how many they sell, how many they can sell, what the what the audience ends up being. I predict they might they not sell every single one they produce. They might not tweak the hardware, but in terms of integrations, partnerships, new types of software, like I think that's an annual update on what can be done. Yeah, even if we don't. The same way we get a new operating system for iOS and Mac OS, Vision OS will have an annual release cycle, maybe even faster. And really, this lead time between now and when the uh, when the thing comes out in early next year, early twenty four, that that's giving developers time to actually create content. Although I think it's amazing that existing uh, apps, because the way they've already spent so much time and resources making their their ecosystem kind of compatible, you're, you're going to be able to use your iPhone apps in this experience without any modification. Now, people are going to come up with better ways to make it 3D and usable and all of that. But just by looking and tapping, pinching, I don't, we're going to have to come up with a word for this. Milking cats is what we'll call it here for those of you uh, who are regular viewers. <laughs> oh, man. The, well, let's the, talk the, about the stocks, though, okay? So Apple is clearly a major, major holding of mine. I'm not adding to it. I'm not taking away from it. It's just That's just stock that I will own for forever. But what are you buying? Now, Chris, I know you made like a quarter million dollar purchase of raw stock yesterday. No, I didn't. It was not that big. No, no. $400,000, maybe. <laughs> not 400, not 4 million. First of all, Apple, I do think this, having this, in Apple's future now really puts a floor on the stock because whatever Apple's doing quarter to quarter, year to year, you have this new mega opportunity out there and it's sitting like three to seven years out. So I think that's a huge positive for Apple, right? Going forward. But everybody kind of knows that um, my trade, again, it's a little bit Mr. Obvious if you were tracking what was happening yesterday and we're not financial advisors, guys. This is just what we're doing. It's just an idea. Um, I did trade Unity, which is a company that the three of us owned as a smaller private company. For those of you that have been following Dumb Money for years, uh, I exited my Unity um, at their IPO. Uh, so we had a big exit at the IPO. Uh, it was a huge moment for us because we were in that stock for many years before it went public. So we do know a lot about it. I have not gotten back into Unity since the IPO until yesterday. 
and it's not just down since the IPO. So, it, by, by the way, it needed to come way down because regardless of how pumped we were on Unity as a company, and I always have been, what happened during that IPO and that just ridiculous moment in time when people were just paying insane premiums, that that was it got way ahead of itself. Yeah, I still I don't remember what price I sold it at, but it was over a hundred dollars. You know, like well over a hundred. Here's what's interesting about Unity. Wow. I started looking at Unity again a few weeks ago, and I didn't call it out as one of our AI trades because I because I didn't buy it. But it was like at the very top of my list as an AI trade. And the reason being is that AI is going to cause gaming studios to be able to produce games quicker uh, with less developers, right? Like every other thing in the world. And this is a net positive. AI is a huge net positive for gaming and 3D development um, and all the things that Unity uh, is basically a platform for, right? So Unity is a 3D engine for building things in 3D, especially games. And they charge companies that want to utilize their engine and their assets to build 3D things right in 3d games they also have a monstrously huge advertising network for all of these uh you know 3d games that are built on the unity platform they really only have one um major competitor in the space and unity benefits when more people are building when more things are getting produced and if you think of this apple device as being the equivalent of just like a platform extender, more people are going to be able to consume that type of media. And I think that's pretty obvious. It's just a matter of when. Unity has to be the biggest beneficiary of that. So they're already a huge beneficiary of this kind of AI movement. Um, And now you have this other thing, which is Apple becoming, for consumers, a way for more consumers to appreciate the type of 3D engine games that are built by Unity. So I see it as a double tailwind for Unity. And going forward, I want to have some position in Unity. I don't think it's a type of thing that's going to happen this year. They're not going to benefit that much this year. But just same way for Apple, it's a tailwind. It has to be a tailwind for Unity. So now they have a double big tailwind behind them. And I like that. And so I'm back in Unity for the first time since the IPO. Did you buy anything yesterday, Jordan? Me? No. No. Are you looking at anything? Any 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 ideas comes by? The, here's one that I that I actually didn't think of. Um, it's not related to the headset, but uh, related to another thing that was announced yesterday. And everybody was, in addition to knowing that there was going to be a new hardware device, people were looking for Apple to say the word AI a million times, and they didn't do it. They they really were uh, restrained about it. They mentioned how artificial intelligence was going to be utilized in a couple of areas, one of which seems obvious, but uh, the ability for PDFs to be autofilled. They're going to, you know, when a PDF has a form, AI will determine where the fields are and let you fill it in. So it looks like Levi shorted DocuSign as soon as they mentioned that. Which it's I play. I missed that part because I, I didn't start watching until halfway through, Dave. How does that work into the Apple device? That doesn't make any sense to me. That is for all. So on your iPhone, when you get a PDF, you know how you can right now open it up and pull in a signature, do that sort of thing. Yeah. But if you want to type in, like if you want to fill out a form, 
you have yeah. to manually create a text box and then resize it and get it in the right spot, which is just difficult on a phone. It's not easy. So they're going to have AI that basically looks at a looks at a PDF, says, "Is this a form that needs to be filled out?" And if so, I'm going to just make all the areas where you well, need. Kind to of like Apple Wallet. It's kind of like Apple Wallet. You just basically like, do you want to check out? Do you want to sign out here this contract? And Apple will do all of it for you. The initials, the signatures. If you just yeah. that, that's amazing because it already has your signatures. It can you can save signatures and preview on the Mac, and uh, that gets carried forward onto your iPhone. So it's easy to sign documents, but it's when you actually have to type in your address or your email or something into a form that it's kind of difficult, especially but if do you feel like that displaces DocuSign or is there still going to be a DocuSign? Well, DocuSign is still necessary from like a corporate perspective, right? Because yeah. they do document management and a lot of things that... Uh... It, it could help DocuSign in a way because if Apple is basically developing a widget that overlays on top of things like DocuSign and integrates with them, it just makes DocuSign yeah. better, right? It just allows people to sign their docu. Because DocuSign doesn't care they about the sign. They specifically talked about this being related to PDFs, and DocuSign takes a document, creates their own proprietary format, lets you fill in. It's it's a different use case, but the same like eventual outcome. So this basically lets you bypass a subscription to DocuSign if you have some documents that you need to have, you know, sh- sh- send over to somebody, fill it out, and have it sent back to you. Yeah, like an individual or small, small organization can do by with just the Apple version, basically. Yeah, the Apple version historically has been frustrating to me. And I think that this little minor software update is going to be something that I use all the time. I don't see, though, I see DocuSign. The reason it is valuable is it's a library for all of your contracts. It is a verification that some sort of verification that the person who clicked the thing signing it is actually the person that it was sent to. I, I still see a use for DocuSign. I don't really see it hurting their business, but I see it making the iPhone way more useful, the iPad way more useful for, for those types of things, and perhaps slightly less use on DocuSign. But it, it's not like I'm going to cancel my DocuSign subscription because I now have this. It, they're, they're all about document management for enterprise anyway. That's where all the money is for DocuSign. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a huge threat. For them i'm not in docusign anymore so i don't care but i am back in unity and it feels good i like unity See, i'm not back in unity yet but it is something that i will keep on the i've, I've added it to my consider buying list which is an ever-growing list and a constantly changing list <laughs> but it is now officially in consider buying um by the way you see that tap still moving uh love it that's my number one position right now uh is tap it was up more earlier today it's um, down on the day but just slightly no it's up, it's up, it's up for 55 cents still is it? yeah yeah it's up 55 cents okay you're traveling that is our yeah. i way of showing a chart <laughs> you're listening to the dumb money live podcast Anything else, like, obviously, I feel more comfortable with my Apple position today than I did the day before. Um, there were a lot of ways for them to disappoint yesterday, and I feel like the only disappointment was price. And if you read all the reviews and all the comments and all the reactions, really price, nothing negative. Yeah, price, it's expensive, but compared to what? There's no other device like it, so any price point, well, they had to just start with something. Battery, battery was the other... Another thing. Two hour 
is is a concern, but it uh, so the battery is this little thing you can slip into your pocket, but it has a USB connector on it, so you can be plugged into the wall indefinitely, and then so on an airplane when you're watching a two hour movie, you'll just plug into the to the house power. I mean, come on, can you imagine Apple releasing a first generation device that didn't have crappy battery? I mean, they almost do it on purpose. Like they do this because now when when they eventually release one in five years without no, they won't be version two. You'll be like Tercine in a headset. People will freak out because there's no wire and the battery will be like, oh my gosh, it's a standalone, which of course they already do that now, but it's what makes them so heavy. And anyone that's worn an Oculus for more than five minutes, it's it. just so clunky. So let me ask you a question, guys. Oculus is coming out with their third version in time for the holidays, unlike Apple. And it is going to be lighter. It's going to be better. I mean, do you think Meta is still looking good here? Or is this like a big disruptor to everything that Meta has been working on I with their clunky things here? It is a disruptor to their hardware division, but a help to their software meta worlds. Because you'll be able to take your Apple headset and use it in the meta metaverse, right? I, it's I, not going to be... And who knows what the experience will look like, but eventually there will be a whatever, what's it called? Meta universe, meta worlds app on the, uh, on nobody, nobody's ever going on that day. Nobody's ever (laughs) going on that ever. Well, that's Uh, why Apple made a totally different use case. It's not about wandering around and bumping into weirdos in a, a virtual art gallery. It is about making your life more productive and having unlimited screen real estate and being able to sit back and watch a hundred foot screen in front of you. Yeah. I, I think, I think really, listen, they, like I said, they sold what 20 plus million Oculus and I think 19 and a half million of them were used less than three or four hours each and never picked up again. I know that what's that's happened in my house. It was a hot Christmas gift for like two years in a row and all the kids got them all over America and Nobody uses them really that often anymore that I know of. I bought it. I bought it too. I yeah, well, I think the genius thing about this is that it's not just, you know, whatever content is built for the device. It's literally the entire Apple ecosystem that you already use is ready for the device. And then people are going to start building on top of it, which I think it, is, I mean, I, I think just as far as like, you know, what this means for this device, it's way more functional and usable than an Oculus would be. I and be cheaper than a uh, Pro Display XDR. <laughs> but no, I Jordan, I agree. Cheaper than buying a big screen TV for your for your living room. I think to an extent, though, this is something that it, you have to think about. This as a five to ten year build out and release cycle. It's not a one to three year thing. We're not going to see that much in the next couple of years. I mean, the first one's not even out until next year. You're I mean, this see, is like, though, you're going to see that that first uh, iteration of a sporting event in 3D as if you're sitting on the sidelines at an NBA game. We we saw kind of a model. I want to go to the Kentucky Derby in line and yours because I'm going to borrow yours for it. I'm not going to. I'm not buying one. <laughs> I, yeah, you. I, I I don't watch basketball. Oh, okay, but it, that listen, we have we kind of saw some mock-ups of sports, and I saw some people ripping on it like. Is this actually a better experience than watching sports on a TV? 
And I was thinking, I think it might be a lot better. I, I, I feel like watching sports in that type of environment for, especially for most people, because we like to think that everybody has, you know, a 75 inch screen and like peace and quiet in their home and all that stuff. But for most people, that's just not, that's not their living environment. Right. And to be able to have that type of an experience to be in the game. I mean, Jordan, think about it for like football. Now, what if it really problem, puts though, you there? The problem, I already, I've already talked through this. If you're going to have, you're limited, like if you buy one, only one person can watch the game. If you buy one for your wife and you, you just spent seven grand. You buy it for your whole family, you just spent $14,000. It doesn't make any sense. That's version one. $14,000. No, I agree. I admit, I not having, agree with that. Imagine not having to buy a Mac or an iPhone or a TV. Okay. Yeah, but you can't you can roll just glasses fully and not have and not have a phone and not have a but jordan most people you know the trends live alone these days nobody's getting married anymore they're all alone most people don't have a fit like what do they say like the lady in the like they're like they're like their lady in the apartment when they were showing off the the sad lady in the apartment but when when someone walks in, it it le- it opens up the windows. It opens up the virtual world so that your real person. I will never talk to you today while you're wearing them. <laughs> I will never talk to you while you're wearing them. And I'm pricing. Can we be honest? Like going to a football game for a family of four costs fourteen to sixteen hundred dollars these days. Like just just go into one game, three hours. You can't go to football games anymore. No, we just sit in our movie theater and watch it there. <laughs> But if you're going to spend that much money, you can just have you can you can do a home theater, and then you can invite friends over, and you can have ten people watching it. If you had ten people watching out of this, thirty five thousand dollars for the, I mean, it, everyone's going to bring their own. There was a day when we thought the thousand dollar iPhone was ridiculous, and no one would ever buy it, right? And now everyone has a thousand dollar iPhone in their pocket. So, Dave, that's the one area that I just can't get over the hump. I'm I, I'm willing to recognize that I'm sounding like the guy who's talked about the iPhone never scaling because of the keyboard. I realize that right now, but to me... It's going to scale. I, I guarantee it. I just can't give you a timeline. Everybody's going to have this. Well, eventually, but in 50 years, I mean, it's like, it is weird, dude. It's very, very, very weird. I just don't see in the next five years, even the next 10, people like, in a family or a group of friends sitting there with these devices on, I just don't see it as being a communal type of experience. I think of it as being a loner experience and, and scaling that way, whether it's for work or solo entertainment. Yeah. Um, and, I, and Apple is very clear. This is a work device and a enjoy a piece of media device. And the little bit of connectivity and interactivity is FaceTime, where it's basically popping in a window into your environment. That's that is to me, this is just as good of a FaceTime experience because this is a little window in my real environment. But there will be a time that you mark my words, there will be a time when this spatial computing is normal and wearing ski goggles will be far less uh, obtrusive. There'll be some lighter, smaller, thinner, cheaper version and everybody will have some spatial computing device attached. I think, I, think it will, I think it will shock you how many people will buy this. I'm not one of those people, but I think there are a lot of people that will buy it. And I just, from what I've heard, Apple, from the uh, partnership is announced, and then you yeah. just get the Vision Pro embed right into your cranium. 
I I think someone I knew someone was going to mention it. Someone just mentioned uh, you know adult viewing experiences, and I I know it sounds stupid, but again, going back to how many people are alone out there, and like yes, I think things like that might oddly accelerate a device like this in ways that we just assuming they let that on there. I don't know. I guess they have to, right? It's the internet. I mean, it's the internet. So, um, if, you about, if you think about that, I hadn't thought about that, but you know the story about how Betamax was a better format than VHS, but the porn industry picked up VHS. And so that became the default standard because what are you telling me it was porn that kicked VHS over the, I, I, uh, yes, technically I speaking, the Betamax was a VHS more product. Oh my God. And adopted by the porn industry. Yeah, Dave, Dave is Dave is correct there, and, and like I said, it could be that that puts us over the hump. But I think the magic moment for this platform probably happens in five to ten years. I think it's five to ten years that we're all looking back, going, "Okay, didn't really see this getting that big, but here we are." Uh, not in the next five years. I I know there are people that are going to buy it. I know there will be use cases. But I think it will be kind of a roller coaster of emotions of wow moments and but who's really using it. And then, well, wow moments. But the, the implementation now is just weird. And that that scene where they they captured the 3D image, but to do it, you have to be wearing these goggles. And you're just like, that's just weird to capture a 3D photo wearing goggles and being that guy walking around with a ski mask on to take video of a thing in 3D. Now, it's amazing that you'll be able to relive things in 3D like that, but right now the capturing is too awkward. Wait until there's an iPhone with two uh, cameras on it that shoot at the same time that lets you shoot 3D content that you can then replay in the privacy of your home with the uh, headset. Getting back to my trade, can I say that uh, Heinz says Unity software will be used to create the best adult experiences, okay? So it even factors into my Unity trade. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, you know, but that's the thing about Unity is that they have way more, they're not just gaming, right? We, we've invested in a company that uses them um, yeah. for home modeling, right? And so the, their use cases are... Everything, guys. Unity yeah. is really an intriguing company. Um, it really is. I'm, I've been wanting to get back into Unity for a long time. Yeah. The combination of this AI tailwind and now virtual, what are we calling this, Dave? Virtual. Well, I think uh, Unity has had a big uh, expectation reset, right? So I think expectations yeah. are now down to normal. But they're Jordan, they're growing at a pretty good right. clip. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, their price was insane when they were trading at like two hundred dollars. It was crazy. They're buying back a lot of stock, right? They have been buying back tons and tons of stock. Like you know, management has a lot of faith in their roadmap. Um, I, listen, I think full immersion gaming and media and entertainment—it's inevitable. Spatial computing, excuse me, that was the word I was looking for. Spatial computing, I think, is inevitable. This is happening. It's just a matter of how quickly it happens. But it, I feel like Apple is in the pole position. You can't argue that. I think that I think there is one risk factor, though, with Unity, because they are one of a couple of companies. They're a leader. But I think the risk factor is Apple has this partnership with them so that all their existing stuff works beautifully on the headset. The risk is Apple will probably release their own Vision OS developer kit that might replace a lot of what Unity does. I don't think so. I think they would buy Unity before that happened. 
Um, I, you know, by the way, Unreal is the other gaming engine. That's you know, Fortnite is based on Unreal. Um, <clears throat> Unity Unity has come a long way over the past couple years, from what I've read, to kind of be on par with Unreal. So they're now neck neck on neck. And Dave, I don't know, man. I I think I don't think Apple's going to get into that space. I could be wrong, but Unity has it. You know, such a long history of. I mean, it's it's. You have to really be bleeding edge. I think they would just buy Unity. I really do. I think I think you're right, and I think for the more intense graphic stuff, you'll have to use Unity or Unreal or or someone. But I think that for a lot of more simplified apps, just like the iPhone developer kit lets you basically drag and drop elements onto the screen to write an iPhone app. I think there will be a basic Vision OS uh, API SDK, something that is uh, that is basically Unity Lite that you can develop for the for the goggles for Vision without having to buy Unity. By the way, by the way, one of our mods, old mods, Tim White, just brought up a great point. Unreal, the Unity competitor, is the company that's been at war. Epic, right? Uh, in Unreal, they've been at war with Apple forever. So I think the concept of Apple owning, I, I, it would be, it's a really interesting, I don't know if that's people have speculated about that as an acquisition target um, for Apple, but I think It'll it makes a lot of sense. Especially when you consider how much revenue Unity is generating from their ad network, right? From their in-game ad network. It really aligns closely with how Apple likes to monetize their software uh, and their and their platform in general. I think it could be interesting. I'm back in Unity excited about it. Oh my God. Like a decent trade. And we were going to just see what happens over the next one to five years with that with that trade and more. And I, I just cannot wait to get my headset. All right. That's going to do it for this one, everyone. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we are Dumb Money. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing another show soon. You have to subscribe to know when we're on because we're very hit or miss on our schedule. So just, just be there for us and uh, hit the thumb on your way out and do this. We're Dumb Money. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.